0: i um I measure the uh the success and the the glory of a uh of a worship session with the Lord spending time with the Lord by how wet my hanky is yeah it's just a tip for anyone like me. I don't know if there is anyone, but just just don't put it in the back pocket if you're sitting down, you know. <laughs> The evidence of your time with the Lord will show (laughs) in
1: more ways than one. Oh
0: man, we are going to have fun this morning. I, man, I was, um, I'm so glad, I'm so glad I was preparing my message through the week and, and then God just, completely dumped something else on me, which is just absolutely glorious. And um, so we'll see how much we get through this morning, but it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. Man. Let's just pray to start. Lord Jesus, we love you. Lord, everything good, everything holy, everything wonderful comes from you. Lord Jesus, we are just so honoured to participate, Lord, to to be your children, to be drawn and led along, Father, to be grown and matured into, into the fullness, wow, into the fullness and stature of Christ, wow. Lord, would you just reveal to us a little part of what that means, Lord. Father would you sp- you spend this next time with us to uh to reveal to us some wisdom, Lord, some understanding to help us grow, Lord, to help us fall more and more in love with you Jesus Jesus, you're wonderful, amen uh, all right I'm gonna start. In Acts 2 and um, verse 38. And then I want to share something that God's that God's given me a prophetic word for the church that I'm just really excited about. I'm just really excited about it. Um Acts 2 uh, 38. We'll read to Read to the end of the chapter here. <clears throat> it's the day of, day of Pentecost. And uh, in f- verse 38, it says, Then Peter said to them, the crowd that he was preaching to, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you... And to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were saved. What an explosion of a work of the Lord. Wow, man. That is a real kickstart, hey. All from the releasing of the Holy Spirit in that place. <laughs> those, di- those disciples, those disciples, Uh, Followers of Christ waited. They waited. They were together for a long time, (laughs) waiting, and then the Holy Spirit was released. But it wasn't just released on them. It was released for everyone. But it was released on them, and then the people that came together for that that were gathering for that um, that festival of Day of Pentecost, they they didn't wait for a long long time <laughs> they they didn't they weren't spending all of their time seeking the lord for what was going to happen they were just in the the right place at the right time and they received the gift of the holy spirit wow the 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 work of the lord and the season that he's bringing us into is going to reflect in some ways the, the work that he did in the early church. Wow. There, are, there is a portion and, an, and a, uh, a segment of, of the body of Christ, uh, and I believe it would be in many of our hearts that have been waiting, waiting for such a long time. For it seems to us to be such a long time. We've been we've held this, this promise and an anticipation of the outpouring and the working and the evidence and the power of God in our world. And I believe He is going to do it like he did it in the day of Pentecost. Man, explosive, <laughs> but beautiful, gentle, honoring, but powerful. <laughs> All right, prophetic word. I was I thought I'd kind of finish preparing my message yesterday and, um, and then this Lord just gave me this word. And it, it's great. <laughs> so I'm going to read it and then I'm, I'm going to kind of break it apart a little bit. We'll See how we go. God is moving us into a new season. This season is going to require more of us than ever before. That's because God is preparing us to participate in a huge outpouring of His Spirit. He's releasing new models of church governance and leadership that will build spiritual capacity in individuals, leading to cultural change in our communities, which will attract favour from all people. This work that God is doing in the church will be the catalyst for a harvest of souls souls so large that it will bring floods of people to open their hearts and accept Jesus. It's going to undermine and minimize the influence of principalities who've held dominance in every area of culture. It will bring demonic influence to its knees and the bride of Christ will stand on its head as she matures into the full stature of Christ. She will become a bride that actually looks worthy of the bridegroom. Wow, how good is that? This, this oh man, I, I, I'm so excited. I've no, known God has been doing stuff. You know, have you ever felt like, Lord, I know You're doing things, I just don't know what they are. <laughs> I've I've felt this in in ordinary moments in my life over the last uh, few months a sense of anticip- anticipation and excitement. And I know that it is not to do with anything that I'm doing in that moment because I, I think about it. Why am I so excited? Why do I feel something building? Why do I where's it coming from? I'm just going to work. (laughs) I don't have anything special on today. I don't have anything out of the ordinary this week that level that matches up to the level of anticipation that I feel in my spirit. And I feel God, God telling me that no, that you're feeling the excitement of what I'm doing and what is going to be revealed. About what I've been doing. Welcome. (laughs) Wow. This, what God is doing is really a new season. He is bringing us into something new and it looks different. It looks different to everything, right? It's gonna look different and it's a new thing. It's gonna require more of us than ever before it's going to require more of us than ever before there's some things i want to i want to, i'd love to get to <laughs> i'm not sure if i will but we need to hold that that truth in our hearts what are we prepared what are we prepared for are we prepared to hold the attention of the person speaking while a beautiful little boy walks through <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I tell you, <ya. laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for what, what that boy's going to do. <laughs> uh, oh, what are we prepared? What are we prepared for? Hmm. Um, if I can skip right to the end of here, there's some verses that... That I think uh, we often can read and kind of go a little bit scary. I don't really want to <laughs> dive into what that what that really means. Um, hmm. Luke fourteen. Luke fourteen and uh, verse twenty six. Jesus is speaking to great multitudes and he said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish all uh, and is not able to finish all who see it begin to mock him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish But what's Jesus saying? He's not saying that we should literally hate our parents and our wife. What he goes on to to explain in, in his message here is that those who don't count the cost of what the work is going to require before they embark on that journey will come halfway and they won't have what they require to, to complete the work. Jesus is saying that what he wants to do in us will cost us everything. He listed the things that are uh, the top five things that are most often the closest to someone's heart. Our family, our, our, our wife, our husband, our children, our children. Mother, our father. Um, Again, in Matthew, let's look at Matthew ten, Matthew ten, verse thirty seven. Jesus, again, is, is, um, <coughs> is speaking. He says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life will. For my sake, we'll find it. Jesus is painting such a powerful picture here. It's so, so powerful. And quite often in our human understanding, we can read that and go, well, that sounds like a raw deal. (laughs) That doesn't sound very good to me. (laughs) But we need to dig into, into the word and let the Holy Spirit show us what he's talking about. What do you mean, Lord? What do you mean I believe uh as we're as the Lord is stepping us into a new season, He's showing us what it means to lay everything down everything <laughs> like i said there's there's few things in people's hearts that are above those those things, but what I believe God Jesus is saying is that. There can be nothing that you withhold from Him. There can be nothing for us to experience what we're hungry for in the external experience of God, in in the the outworking that we're that we're praying for in our city, that that we know is possible, that we've heard is possible, that we see happening in pockets all over the all over the globe. Jesus and His power working in signs and wonders and influencing our world to see that. What is required to see that? We cannot have anything that we're withholding from Him. If He is going to do the work in us that is required for us to see that. But the good news is that you, you literally, man... You cannot give God something that's better than what He has to exchange you for. You can't do it. I look back at some of the things that i uh, I was hesitant to give to the Lord, and I just think, man, what were they worth in in, in comparison to what God gave me in in exchange for those things in return. I look at what God has brought me into now and where he's brought me from, and it, it builds excitement and hope and trust because I gave him what seems to be literally nothing now in comparison for what he gave me. And so when he's talking about giving the most important things in your life, He's, he's communicating that way and so strongly to really make it clear to you what that means in your heart, what that feels like. But on the other side of get, laying those things down, there isn't the sorrow of loss or, or uh, sadness at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. <laughs> Not even a little bit. So we're going into a new season and a lot's going to be required of us. But it's really really good. God's preparing us to participate in a huge outpouring of his spirit. <laughs> yes he is. He's releasing new models of church governance and leadership that will build spiritual capacity in individuals. Now I'm not going to I'm not going to unpack this there's there's a lot in here there is a lot in here and and this is part of the the new season that God's bringing us into and it's going to be wonderful and beautiful and i know uh, i know uh jeff has been given something really special that is going to help unpack what that looks like uh really really clearly and it's going to be a journey that we we're, we're all going to go on as a community more on that later <laughs> New models of church governance and leadership that will build spiritual capacity in individuals. The, the body of Christ is made up of individuals. And we, we've known that for a long time, But uh, you know, theoretically. But what that looks like is us as individuals need, need to be maturing and developing and growing into, into the, the fullness and the stature of Christ. Oh, man. The fullness and the stature of Christ. I wish that wasn't so easy to say like that. It's it seems wrong that you could you could describe something with just simple words like that. What that means, the fullness and the stature of Christ. Whoa, can we just can we just think about that? Can we just open our hearts for the Lord to impress upon us what that actually means and what that looks like. Moses saw a glimpse, a glimpse, and his face shone. His face shone to the point where other people that weren't willing to step into that experience couldn't handle it. Wow. I remember hearing a story about About Smith Wigglesworth, (laughs) when I'm thinking about the the uh, the fullness and the stature of Christ, what that what that actually looks like in a person's experience, God gave me a a list of uh, of examples. Moses was one. In this story, he brought back to my memory about Smith Wigglesworth. He was in a he was in a prayer meeting. before a a series of meetings that were going to be held, and he was in the prayer meeting with the leadership um, team of that conference or whatever it was. Um, This story was recounted by one of the other people that were in that meeting. And he said they, uh, before, before the meetings were held, they got together in prayer. And every single time, they, uh, Smith began to pray and it was his turn to pray in that prayer meeting. The presence of the Lord filled that space so thick and so heavy that one by one, everyone in that prayer meeting had to leave. They had to leave. They They could not handle being there while he was praying. This one guy that was was recounting the the story said he determined in his heart that he would stay, that he would not be one that would leave, that he would be able to withstand the level of presence <laughs> you know it, it 's reminiscent of uh that that story's reminiscent of uh what i th- I think it could have felt like in the holy holy of holies. <laughs> You know they had to tie a rope around the priest's leg for a reason. <laughs> wow. Anyway, this this uh, this leader, he determined in his heart that he would not leave. That that he wanted all that God had. He wanted to step into that experience that Smith was having. <laughs> and as Smith began to pray, and and uh, man, the the Lord, Lord's presence began to fill and expand, and and people began to leave, Uh, he said, no, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay. It got to the point where he was the only one left. He was on the floor, (laughs) flat on his face, and had to crawl out. He had to crawl out because he couldn't handle it. In Acts five, uh, if you want to turn there, this is just great. Acts five and verse fifteen, we see another another glimpse of what it looks like to to mature into the fullness and stature of Christ in Acts five verse fifteen says uh 14, it says, uh, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought back the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. (laughs) Wow, 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 wow. Peter's shadow. His shadow. There's nothing special about about the shadow per se, (laughs) it was Peter maturing into the fullness and the stature of Christ and him being able to work through everything, everything that was available. One last one, Paul uh, in Acts 19 verse 11. Yeah, I I love this as well. Let's read it out. Acts 19 and verse 11. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul. I love that. He worked unusual miracles. <laughs> Who wants the Lord to work unusual miracles through them? I I like being a bit odd, so this really appeals to me. I don't mind standing out and being very different. Lord, I want some of those unusual miracles. (laughs) So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Give me some of that, Lord. Imagine <laughs> aprons. Was called Paul cooking one day and just tossed his apron in the in the washing basket and someone picked it out, threw it on someone who was demon-possessed, and they were free. This is what it looks like. This is some of what it looks like to grow into the, the fullness, Woo, the measure of the stature of Christ. <laughs> um yeah yeah in mark 16 um you know so, some people might might think oh yeah that's very very good but yeah they were special people they were um they were the special ones you yeah. know lord doesn't do that for everybody don't you know yeah. haven't seen anyone being healed by my dirty aprons mean either, but let's read Mark 16 and verse 17, (laughs) 16 and verse 17, Jesus saying, and these signs will follow those who believe, in my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. (laughs) Uh, That's not an exhaustive list, by the way. (laughs) It's it's not an exhaustive list of the things that we'll experience. Jesus is saying, those that believe in me hmm, and follow the journey that I have laid out for them, that I'm growing them up into, those who mature into the fullness of the stature of Christ... Signs and wonders will follow them. Why? Because they're growing into the fullness, the maturity, the stature of Christ. Mm-mm-mm. The second bit of that, uh, that last bit I read out from that prophecy. Um, build spiritual capacity in individuals leading to cultural change in our communities, which will attract favor from all people. I've heard it said recently um, in, a, in Chris Valton's book called Heavy Rain. Um, he says that the, the, a city and its well-being... It's economic statistics. It's everything you can judge the wellness of a city on is a commentary on the churches that are within that city. God has placed us in this world to be salt and light to the people around us, to the world. And if we as a church, we as the body of Christ are not influencing or impacting the city in any positive change how are we being salt and light? He also, uh, the Lord also, God says in his word that uh, he's, he's, um, he likens the, the church to, I better look it up, to leaven. Let me not go from memory, but... A little leaven. Galatians 5. Galatians 5 verse 9. Galatians 5 verse 9 says, A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Hmm. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. We have been placed in this world to influence it. To influence it. And that is what the Lord is going to bring us into. That is going to be one of the elements and one of the things that we can, can look and see the work that God's doing in us because we will be able to see cultural change in our community. And it'll attract favour from all people. Um, I want to. I want to read. Uh, hmm. I want to read Ephesians uh, four. Ephesians 4 and verse, we'll start at 11. It said, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith, And of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every By what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Yeah. This is what the Lord is doing. This is what the Lord is doing, and it's a major part of this new season. And the focus uh, is shifting from a... A church where people are within the church expect to their whole goal and sole purpose is to get more people into that church. God's moving and shifting that, that perspective in us that we would see ourselves as individuals that God is looking and working through, that we have a calling and a, and a, a mandate to disciple nations and to be powerful parts of the church, but we will be equipped for the work of ministry, that each individual member is going to start stepping out. Those who are willing and and hungry for this are going to start stepping out into their own work of ministry so that the body can be functioning and influencing the world the way God has called us to. He's called us to disciple nations, right? To disciple nations. Um, The Passion Translation I love that puts verse 13 like this. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. What it means. What does it mean to know the Son of God? And finally, we become one in a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. Hmm. And you might say, yeah, well, well that's not actually fully going to happen until we get to heaven, I'm, you know. Maybe not. But I don't believe that we're going to go from here to there in an instant. <laughs> the process and the the what what God is, is speaking about, is leading us into, is a process. It is a maturing. It is a gradual stepping into. And so there is a lot, a lot of work to be done while we're here on the earth. I want to get to, I don't know about you, but I want to get to the stage where fully maturing and stepping into the fullness of Christ is, is like this. Thank you, Jesus. It's this <laughs> it's that far. It's that far. Hmm. What have I got. Eleven forty six. Wow. Wowzers. I've I've got so much more. <laughs> <laughs> got so much more lord hmm. so what let me round this out with some some practical what do we actually do what do we do hmm. my question that I'll I'll leave you with this morning is that we need to be asking ourselves continually is what are we willing to lay down what are we willing to lay down in exchange for what God has for us, for what God is bringing us into? Because the good news is, uh, well, there, there are barriers and things uh, that need overcoming in our journey into this this picture and this image of experience of God and the fullness, fullness and measure of the stature of Christ. But the good news is that they're all... In us, all the barriers, they're all in sight. you might say, why is that good news, Caleb? It's because we've also received the full and perfect gift of Jesus through the Holy Spirit, and he's also in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we have received and been given everything that's required. Everything. And you say what? I, I love a good list. Who loves a good practical list? I've got a, a list of some of the things that <clears throat> you might be asking. You know what? What things inside me can I give? You know what, what? What things are we talking about here? What do we have to give to the Lord? Here's some of the things that we hold in our heart. There is a lot, a lot, and a lot more. Your desires. God has led me through many, uh, many steps of giving over specific desires to Him. What that looks like is, is going, Lord, I don't want this more than I want You. I, this thing, this dream in my heart it'd be totally okay if that never happened if only i had what you've got for me it's an act of of prayer with him and saying lord this this and this i determine that these will never be more important than what you ask me to do than what you're calling me into that's the same with your hopes your hopes your dreams your pride. Man, that's a good thing to confront. <laughs> Everyone has an area of pride that we get to open ourselves up to Jesus putting a spotlight on things, right? And when he does, we have the opportunity to hold to it or give it to him. Your weakness, your vulnerability, your insecurity. These are things that Again, in prayer, we get to to stand before Jesus and say, "I, I will not limit what you can do through me because of the insecurity and the weakness that I can see in myself. It is not more powerful and more influential in my life than you. Your status, your reputation your relationships, your habits, your hobbies. <laughs> the Lord's led me uh, recently to close a door and a, and a season of my life that was near and dear to my heart. And it was wonderful. And uh, and He's taught me a lot through it. But um, He's leading me to say goodbye to the army. <laughs> and that, I believe, as I said earlier, that I can never give God something that is more valuable than what He's going to exchange me for. I can't do it. (sighs) So my question, what, what are we willing to lay down? Can we can we ask ourselves that question in prayer with with the Lord and say, Father, show me I open myself up to you. Show me what what is standing in the way of where you want to take me what you want to do in me all right i think that'll do for this morning <laughs> are we still all all awake <laughs> are we still all happy <laughs> good good lord jesus father would you through your holy spirit unpack the word that was presented this morning and is still to be presented, Lord. Father, would you just write your word on our heart and bring us into all understanding, to full understanding of it. Lord Jesus, we trust you. You are the one leading us. We love you, Lord. Amen. Good time for an offering message.
1: Well, it would be.
0: (laughs) If there was time.
1: (laughs) I've got this... I've got this really good offering message that's been waiting for a while and it's going to continue to wait because it's, um, but it's a really good message, I love it, yeah, but um, that's all right, yeah, that last song that we sang though, you know, you're worthy of it all, yeah, it just sort of sums it up, doesn't it, so what's really, what's really mine, what's really mine in this, in this, in this, in this life? Well it's gonna be what you can take with you. <laughs> Everything else is on loan. <laughs> Glory to God. Oh dear. I'm excited for the um for the miracles with the hankies, but can I just can, can I just say that if it's one of Caleb's hankies after uh, after he's been in worship, just just beware. Because it won't be anointing oil, it'll be something. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Glory to God. Um, we're going to have communion. So if, um, if you haven't got your cup and, and wafer that's up the back and corals coming. Great.
2: Great. Get to follow after that, although I am a bit of a proponent of hankies, you know people tell me I shouldn't have hankies use a tissue coral, but you know i'm I'm a hanky person yeah. I am swap thank you, thank you, yeah, okay so <laughs> as I was preparing for this um the law reminded me of a song which some of you may uh remember if you've been around for a little while, I think it was a a um Kids song we used to sing in chapel a little bit. But it says, Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. Remember the actions? You came from heaven to earth to show the way. From the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. Uh, You know, and I was... (laughs) Sometimes... Well, sometimes when you're preparing for something and you just say, Lord, you better help me, because it's tomorrow, he gives you something right out of the blue. You know, I wasn't thinking about what's a song that we used to sing back in chapel whenever, whenever, but he gave me those words. And the bit that stood out to me was, from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. And that's what he did. He paid the debt for us. And we were singing over and over this morning, worthy is the lord worthy is the lord worthy is the lord and he's worthy because of what he did for us and you know rosemary started off asking us a hard question why are we in church well it's to praise him isn't it because he's worthy what's the time that we give on a sunday morning compared to what he's given to us it's nothing really and then caleb asks us another hard question what are we willing to lay down Well, what did Jesus lay down? He laid down everything. And it's only fitting that we lay down our life in return. So I was reading this passage um, about debt being paid in Luke chapter 7. And this person that talks about laid down everything too, and you might remember, but... um, It starts in verse 36 of Luke 7, and um, Simon was hosting a dinner, and he asked Jesus to come to that dinner, and so he did, and he sat down at the table. But there was a lady there that came along who didn't live very well. That's all we'll say about that. She didn't live right, and obviously was living in sin. And when she heard about Jesus being at Simon's house, she took the flask made from alabaster and filled it with the most expensive perfume, went right into the home of the Jewish religious leader and knelt down at Jesus' feet. Can you imagine what it took for that lady, knowing full well what her lifestyle was, to go in to a religious leader's house and then get down at Jesus' feet? Now, that's a pretty big lay it down, isn't it? laying it down in front of all of those people. And not only did she anoint his feet and all of that, but she was broken and weeping, covered his feet with her tears. She kept crying and drying his feet with her hair, and over and over she kissed his feet. Then she anointed his feet with that oil as an act of worship. But Simon, you know, he'd been in church a long time he said in his heart, he thought, this man can't be a true prophet. He's going to have that sinful woman touching him. But Jesus knew what was in his heart and said, I have a word for you. Well, if Jesus came up to me and said, I've got a word for you, I'd reply just like Simon said. He said, go ahead, teacher, I want to hear it. It's Jesus himself saying, I've got a word for you. And So he tells the story, Jesus tells the story of two men that were deeply in debt. One owes a lot of money, one owes less money. But neither of them could repay their debt, so the banker wrote off their debts and forgave them. And the question to Simon was, which of the two debtors would be the most thankful? Which one would love the banker most? And Simon's answered, I suppose it would be the one with the greatest debt forgiven. So this woman comes in. And she obviously has a great debt of sin. But I think the hard question for us today is do we come to Jesus the same knowing full well the debt that he paid for each one of us? You know, I don't think there's big and little debt in God's eyes. We're all sinners and he has paid the price for our debt no matter where we're situated. But there's a very hard thing that said later on in this verse. Uh, it says, "She has been forgiven of all her sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love, but those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will love me very little." And when I read that, I thought, I don't, I don't ever want to be that person that thinks that they have very little to be forgiven. Because without his grace and mercy, not one of us would be sitting in this place right now. And what have we done to deserve that? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. All we've done is accept Jesus into our life. And just like this lady, and he says to her, your faith in me has given you life. He's given us the same life. And he says, now you can leave and walk in ways of peace. That's the same promise to us. Now we can leave and walk in ways of peace. So there's some hard things in there. I know it was challenging to me. And I thought, well, Lord, I don't ever want to underestimate or take for granted what you've done in paying that debt. And it's the same for every person. So let's stand and let's just take of the biscuit today. And I'll just pray. Lord, we just... We just want to lift your name on high today. And Lord, we don't ever want to take for granted what you did in paying this price and paying our debt, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for what you have done. And Lord, I just pray that you continue to challenge us in our understanding of you and in our desire to come into the full maturity of being like Christ. So Lord, we just thank you this morning. Let's just eat of the body that was broken for each one of us. Lord, we just thank you for your body which was broken. Let's just drink. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, I thank you for the things that you've spoken into our heart today. And Lord, I just pray that we go out these doors changed, changed to be a little bit more like you. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
3: Just some messages, so, not messages, announcements. Um, so yes, uh, just to re- be remembering um, to pray this week for the Southern Cross Kids Camps, um, the Bendigo Camp. Uh, the, the leaders all left and the buddies all left this today to set up. And uh, the children will be coming tomorrow, so if you can um, remember them in your prayers, that would be wonderful. And um, the next week is the Ballarat camp, and we've um, we just remember um, to be praying for that camp too. And uh, um, Illawarra, New South Wales, Mildura, Emerald. This is all happening in the September school holiday, so it's a wonderful thing that um, and people have laid down their week uh, to um, care about these children that um, are at risk. Um, you know, uh, maybe uncared for, can't live at home, in foster in the foster care system, and so. Um, We've some of us have seen firsthand what this has done for the um, uh, for children over the years that we've been doing it in Bendigo, and um, it's a wonderful thing that God, it's an opportunity for God to minister into the hearts of children, so they know that there are adults on the planet that they can trust. It's very important. Um, so that's. Um, uh, this week there's no playgroup because of the school holiday. So, it's school holidays for the next two weeks here. And um, no playgroup tomorrow, but on Wednesday, our pre-meeting, don't forget, uh, 7.30, we've been having really good um, times in our pre-meeting on Wednesday night. It's been powerful. And... Um, If anyone's needing the study guide on Ephesians for the Women's Study that we're going to be doing in Term 4. So no women's and men's meetings um, until we go back to... um, Yeah, until after the school holidays. And um, yes, our Loving Our Kids on Purpose starts back on the 8th of October... Uh, here in the church auditorium, it's session eight, and it's 1.30 Follow, and we have, you know, to bring your lunch. So, um, I have I missed anything? Oh, the Fiji trip. got um, anything? Yes, the um, expressions of interest, due in... First of October, there we go. All this information here, great opportunity. Um, it, you, know, you don't go to that place and come home the same. That's for sure. <laughs> Changed forever uh, after you visited, uh, and I would say the same about Southern Cross Kids. If you do um, uh, do a week with the Southern Cross Kids. Um, once it'll change you forever and uh, this, this will too change you forever. You just see thing, life in different perspective altogether. Um, and so, yes. So I will say good afternoon and the Lord bless you yeah. all. Have a wonderful week. Those going on a holiday, um, safe travels and have a wonderful time, so Lord bless you.